Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential time. I'm here with Kirk and Danny today, and it's TCU week around here on the 40 acres. Texas Longhorns are 3-1, and 1-0 one. One and oh after the big win over Texas Tech at the conference opener. TCU, though, is 2-1, and one. and Kirk... Did I see SMU planting a flag in the middle of Eamon Carter Stadium? What in the iron skillet happened in Cowtown last week? Uh, they were channeling their inner Baker Mayfield, which I know oh. Danny Davis can appreciate. So, uh, yeah, a good flag planting now and then is always good for college football. And, and I go back to... You don't want SMU to plant the flag in Amy Carter Stadium? Beat them. You know, I'm just shocked that they lost at home, coming off a bye to a decent offensive, uh, offensively potent, I should say, SMU team. I'm just, you know, and TCU has been so unimpressive this year. Beat Duquesne, barely beat Cal by a couple points, you know, get taken down by their crosstown rival. This is football we're talking about, right? You said I, – I, I thought you said Duquesne. Didn't they play Duquesne? I, think I don't – I'm going to have to double-check that. I, no, I who's think doing the, Who's doing Duquesne. the scheduling over there? I don't – I guess Gary, I guess. But you better get SMU <laughs> off of that schedule if this is any indication. But, you know, it's funny, too, because I don't know about you guys. You guys were in Arlington – and uh, we all heard a real confident Gary Patterson. He raved about his defensive line. Max Dugan's Duggan is, I don't know how you pronounce it. He's much better, but I don't know. I'm stunned. Are you stunned, Danny? I'm stunned. I mean, you know, some of those SMU players were talking a lot of noise before the game, and they went out and backed it up. So right. good, good on them. Um, obviously, you know, SMU is trying to come up and try to take claim as that Dallas DFW team. And, this was a big win for them. I think they were a little upset that game got canceled the year before, and this was a chance to kind of show up. And it doesn't really matter how good or bad this TCU team is. You know, if you're SMU beating TCU, it gives you a lot of bragging rights. And you know, I know there was a little bit of a skirmish after the game or whatever, but you know, nice of TCU to show some fight after they lost. So, you know, this SMU, they did what they had to do. Good on them for a win. This is a pretty decent SMU team. This isn't like, you know, this is SMU of old from a couple years ago that was pretty – you know, kind of embar- you know, an embarrassing team. This is a team that's been on the rise the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously Texas fans have been paying attention because of Shane going up there. So, I mean, this is a, de- a decent team. So I can't, you know, I, I don't think this is the world's worst loss. It wasn't great if you're TCU that you lose, like you lose to them after just beating Cal and you know, beat, you know, beating Duquesne or whatever it was in their, their opener. That's not a great look going into, into the Texas week, but this also isn't the world's biggest loss. And you know, I'm not going to talk down about TCU until, um, you know, we see them against Texas because it seems like every every year against Texas, uh, uh, Gary Patterson kind of bring, brings out the best of this team. And I don't think any Texas fan is going to be overlooking TCU based on the SMU result. Well, I expect Tom Brady and the and the Patriots slash Bucks to show up this week at Amon Carter Stadium because that's practically what happens every time the Bevos roll into town uh, into Fort Worth. 
uh, Matt, whether it's Max Dugan, Duggan, or Brady, however you want to say it, it doesn't matter. Uh, TCU will be jacked up this week, and uh, Steve Sarkeesian hit that hit that point, you know, square on the head. He, he said that we are not going to buy the lie that we're going to get the same TCU team that played uh, SMU on Saturday. But let's talk about these Bevos guys. Uh, incredible scores here: fifty-eight to nothing over Rice, seventy to thirty-five over Texas Tech. Casey Thompson, the guy walks on the field and they score a touchdown. Uh, it's amazing. No punts for back-to-back games. It's the first time in school history that has ever happened. We are checking to see that Cameron Dicker is still on scholarship, just making sure that that he is still down there, not just chilling with his iPad and a hot dog and stuff. But guys, what do you think about the offensive efficiency we've seen the last two weeks? It's been pretty phenomenal. Um, what do you guys credit that to? Is it is it play calling? Is it Casey Thompson? Is it Bijan? Is it the offensive line? What is it? First off, you know, Cameron Dicker may be the first punter to still need an ice bath after these games because he's still kicking 15 extra points and doing 15 <laughs> kickoffs. I mean, he's, he is still getting his work at it, but I don't know about those other two punters who run scholarship. But, yeah, this team's just looked efficient. And granted, part of it is the teams they have played are not good. You know, Rice is not good and Tech is – that three and zero start was a was a mirage. So that was not a good tech team that we saw we saw out there. But you know you're you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And this offense has looked really good. Casey's been very efficient, very thorough. Um, we are seeing the prep work that we've ta- heard all about um, come to life in front of us. And you know, it helps when you have number five behind you. It helps when you have number two behind you. It helps when you know, you know Xavier Worthy is worth all the high. I mean, we were hearing hearing him compared to. Compared to Jerry Judy and uh, Tyreek Hill before the season, and we kind of were maybe rolling our eyes at these players, but it seems like these Longhorns know what they're talking about when they were when they're hyping up their teammates. So you know, all these things are just coming to coming to fruition in front of us, and you know, we'll see what happens when they play a better defense and a better team in the in the upcoming weeks. But you know, they have looked very very good, and I don't think anyone can complain about except for maybe Cameron Dicker not getting a punt. But uh, you know, I don't think anyone anyone can complain if you're if you're a Texas fan about how they played these last few weeks. Yeah, I attribute it to four reasons. Uh, maybe the biggest is what Danny mentioned, the opposition. Uh, a very weak Rice team, a very overrated, if you will, Texas Tech team that, that I thought was going to be much improved. They were not. Uh, two, home field advantage. They were in their comfort zone here and have been since Arkansas. Three, Bijan Robinson is a monster he is a monster. He is uh, probably, if not definitely, the best running back in all of college football. And for uh, Casey Thompson is just a supercharged, poised, confident guy. I mean, he's mad today. We just talked to him. He's mad because he threw five incompletions. You know, he had more touchdowns than incompletions. Five passes, one run for him. So, Six touchdowns, five incompletions. I think Sarkeesian will take that. I think that's acceptable to him, but I think those are the big reasons. What I'm wondering about is the defense. They rank 86 in the nation in total defense, giving up over 400 yards a game. Arkansas gashed them on the ground. Texas Tech gashed them uh, over the top. And, yes, there was a letdown because that game was over at halftime. But I just – I don't know about the defense yet. They play good in spots, but – you want to be a champion, you better be more consistent. My one, my one thought about the defense is that uh, now I'm a now. First off, I'm a big believer that every single play matters. You can't. I, I don't believe you say, well, if you take out this play and this play, 
You know, no, every play matters. But the fact is, is that two touchdowns were basically two plays where guys got over the top. One got, got by Deshaun Jameson, one got by B.J. Foster. Uh, I think those are those are fixable. At least if you're a Texas fan, you hope, knock on wood, that's fixable. So th- th- that's 14 points right there. But if we're talking about just a uh, lineup at the tw- at the 25-yard line, first and 10 at the 20, line up and, you know, try to get first downs, I thought the defense played okay you know, to pretty well, uh, Saturday. And, um, you know, uh, we, we got to hear more about that stack formation on the defensive line where Alfred Collins got home for a big sack. That was a big momentum play. Josh Thompson with a pick six, uh, on a really nice read of the quarterback size, Luke Brockermeyer getting a pick out of the tip drill. I, 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 I agree with Kirk with everything you're saying, but I also think there's some good things there too, uh, that, 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 that they should feel good about, uh, go, going forward, when it was only when it, we're going only going into game five. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you get a sh- shutout. I don't care who it's against. You should be mm-hmm. proud of getting a shutout, even if it Absolutely. is rice. And then the second game, they get a pick six. They technically had it blocked punt for another touchdown, but for an offsides and the new stupid rules, penalty. stupid rules. So, and Moro Ojimo is just playing like gangbusters. So's Demarvion, Anthony Cook. No, they're getting – there are a lot of good things to like on that defense. We just want to see it against a little better competition, whether that's TCU or not, I don't know. But I assume we'll see that against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State the two weeks after that. Danny, you like the defense? Yeah, I mean, they've they've had some issues. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too down on defense because they let up two big plays and the game was kind of out of hand. Um in, in the tech game, including one play where, you know, the receiver was shoved out of bounds, but he came back in. And you know, I think everyone yeah. in the press box thought that wasn't, shouldn't have been ruled touchdown, but you saw that he was shoved out. So, you know, th- this stuff happens. I mean, I'm sure those defensive backs have been, um, you know, yelled at enough in film session this week, and they're going to do their best to, or on Twitter, I saw Deshaun Jameson kind of going back and forth with, with someone who didn't think he was a, uh, Worth this scholarship would seem kind of silly, silly to me, a silly thing for a fan to say on Twitter. But you know, I'm I'm sure they they they're going to see better passing attacks uh, probably in two weeks than or in a week when they when they play Oklahoma. So they know what's going ahead of them. Um, you know, we were complaining two weeks ago about you know not knowing about what this offensive line was going to look like, and they have certainly rebounded. Um, you know, in these past two weeks. So I, I have no reason to believe that these defensive backs can't get better with more you know, games in their belt, m- more experience. So, um, yeah, the defense needs to, you know, buckle down on those long plays and play every, every play as it is like, like at zero, zero in the first quarter, you know, come crunch time with it, with a tie, tie game. But, you know, they, I'm sure they, they have heard plenty. They've heard worse from their coaches this week than what I, anything I have to say or any, some crazy fans online have nothing better to be doing than harassing a bunch of 20 year old, 20 year olds who, you know, if those 20 year olds walked in the same room with them, they'd be asking for an autograph, but you know, they get really bold behind a, behind a Twitter, but behind their uh, Twitter handle. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure they'll be better. Twitter has no chill. There's no doubt about that. Uh, guys, one thing, one little note I, I want to bring up here that I thought was very uh, intriguing on Sunday. And I think that's something that is very, very positive. If you are Steve Sarkeesian, Texas did not get into either poll this past week. Not they did not get into the AP Top 25 or the USA Today coaches poll. Both they are they are number 26 in both. And the reason why I think that's good 
is because this team needs to keep it. They need to keep their nose on the grindstone. They don't need to be reading their press clippings unless they're reading the press clippings on hook'em.com and subscribing. We love those people, right? We love those players, but Kirk, I think this is a, I thought that was a hugely positive thing is that they have had now had back-to-back wins and the pollsters aren't getting back on the Bevo train just yet. Well, I'm on that train. I I got my ticket stub here for a second. I'll find it later. But uh, I had them 24th in, in my top 25. 24th? 24th, because uh, they're losing to a great Arkansas team. Maybe the greatest Arkansas oh. team of all time. So I thought uh, you meant you. I thought you meant you. I thought you meant you put them one through 24, and then put like Arkansas 25th. That's no, what no, I no. I had I have Arkansas like seventh. I think. Okay. But, uh, no, I do agree with you. I think the fact they are unranked. You know, that kind of feeds into coaching motivation 101. Without a doubt. Hey, they don't respect you. You haven't done anything yet. You've only scored 128 points in two games. So, yeah, that's probably a positive from the coaching standpoint. They aren't ranked. They, they look like a ranked team the last two weeks. Arkansas is much better uh, than most people thought. So, uh, but I do, I do think that's a good thing. They need any motivation they can get, especially against TCU you know, kind of a quiet arch rival, uh, at least mm-hmm. the last nine years. Look, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I also feel that if this team was ranked number one in the country, all Steve Sarkeesian would need to do is pull the game film from last year or pull the game film from the TCU game two years ago or pull the TCU film from 2017. Okay, we get where you're I, going. I mean, the, you know, this or 2015 <laughs> or 2013 or 2010. This, oh, this team uh, should not be feeling too high with TCU coming up or Oklahoma coming up the week, the week after they should be realizing what's in front of them. And I'm sure a lot of the players, especially the vets who have been around and have had to deal with those disappointing losses, most of which have been, you know, close um, defeats. I think they should be stepping up and, you know, we, it's a cliche, but this team needs to be taking it one game at a time and not looking too far ahead. They should be looking straight at TCU and uh, focusing on, um, I know we talked about this last week too. You know, this, this coaching staff does not know the difference between this, the history between TCU and Texas and Oklahoma and Texas, because, you know, most of them, you know, a couple of them aside have, have not been here for those games, but these players have, and they, you know, they should remember exactly what TCU was last year and Oklahoma was last year and not be worried about rankings. Cause in the end, it just doesn't matter. It matters when these games and, you know, stacking up these wins and what is kind of a subpar conference and trying to just get to Arlington at the end of this end of the season. Well, that is negative Nelly talk about the Big 12, the greatest conference of all the Power Fives. I mean, you can just tell. I mean, look, the preseason league champ, their fans are booing. Their fans are booing the quarterback in Norman. I mean, come on. That is the high level of expectation around the Big 12 this year. No, Danny's right. Look, this league is down. This this door is wide, wide open for Texas to storm through it. Um, and you know, not just get to Arlington, but do, but do something when they get there. But they've only gotten one; they've only made one step of a of a nine step journey, uh, and that's against Tech. So, you know, from what you guys saw over the weekend, um, any reason to change the calibration of where this thing could be headed? I don't think so. I, as far as the league goes, I think it's maybe the most down the league has been in its history. I mean, mm-hmm. twenty five years. You know, none of the top heavyweights, so-called heavyweights, uh, have looked dominant. Texas lost to Arkansas, got annihilated in Fayetteville. Oklahoma 
sure hadn't hit its stride. And fans are calling for Caleb Williams to back up to play. They, their offense is just sputtered. Iowa State gets knocked off by Baylor. I mean, West Virginia pretty good. They lost to Maryland. But West Virginia could have easily beaten Oklahoma on yeah, Saturday, they could have. They if could not for have. self self inflicted wounds. You know, Kansas State looked great against Stanford and a really good Nevada team without Skyler Thompson, that quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then they get run in Stillwater by Oklahoma State. So it's this is an even conference. I think you could take, you know, not Kansas, but take teams in the middle or the bottom, and they could end up being the top two. Just mm-hmm. I think anything goes you know, this year. And I think Texas is making uh, just the perfect strides to, you know, they're building confidence. They haven't played great teams, but they're building confidence. They're stacking up wins. And, uh, you know, I really don't think TCU is going to slow them down. Anything goes, anything goes except for Tech and Kansas. Those teams are not not good. Well, uh, and, and Tyler Shuck's out for like six weeks with a broken collarbone, too. Right. This is the second week in a row Texas has knocked out the opposing quarterback. So that's some, like serious, that's some serious the week flexing. Before. Um, yes. Yeah, I picked Texas to go 10-2 and two before the season, so I feel like a little bit better about my prediction than I did was did. Than, I did, than I was after the Arkansas game. But, yeah, it, you're right. This is anyone's conference right now. You could list about – Six teams, um, you know, starting with with obviously Oklahoma is the king until someone knocks them off. Like you can't, you can't. Doesn't matter how they play, they're still winning. They're still undefeated. Um, right. But you know, Texas, you can make you could list five reasons why you think Texas should be the favorite for that number two spot. You can list five reasons about Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State. Um, you know, this is not going to be a walkthrough for anyone in this conference, and maybe that makes it a little bit more fun than in years past, but. Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, there's probably five or six teams. No one should be booking their tickets to Arlington yet. I know Lincoln called it his second home a couple couple weeks ago when he or when he was at the uh, the uh, Big 12 media days. But I, I would not say anyone should be feeling overconfident, but maybe that just makes it more fun. It's going to make it a you know, kind of a mad dash over these next uh, seven, eight weeks. Well, no one's going to dash like the three of us are to make deadline today. So with that, we are going to have to wrap up this one as well. Remember, you can catch all the stories and all the coverage at hook'em.com, part of the Austin American Statesman. And we appreciate you reading along and, and watching the videos and uh, sending us all uh, your comments and, and everything else. So I'm going to wrap it up here for Kirk and Danny. I'm Brian. We'll talk to you soon.